so grateful that you are with us. Happiness is finding a pencil, pizza with sausage, telling the time. Happiness is learning to whistle, tying your shoe for the very first time. Happiness is playing the drum in your own school. Welcome. Welcome to our Sunday morning service. In-person services are at 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. Central, and we welcome our 9.30 live stream audience. All of our services are available anytime on demand on our website or our YouTube channel. Our fall book program is underway with the Book of Joy uh, from His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Books and self-study guides are available in the bookstore. Throughout October, Unity Minneapolis will support teens experiencing homelessness in the western suburbs. We're collecting new items for personal care packs, and a supply list is available in the garden court. We invite you to share your spiritual gifts and talent as part of a spiritual community in service to one another. Join John Southam, Cassidy Meeks, and Nancy Maiolo in the garden court after services today and explore how you can shine your light at Unity. Stop by, and you might even win some prizes, too. 
This afternoon, special guest Jeanette joins me for our annual pet blessing at 2 p.m. on the back patio. Please have your pets on a leash or in a carrier. Interested in learning more about Unity Minneapolis and getting connected with our ministerial team and others in our community? Attend our membership class, and then you can elect to elect membership or not at the end of the class. This is coming this week, the weekend of October 29th, 30th, and 31. Unity Minneapolis is able to continue our in-person gatherings because of our commitment to wear masks. So we ask that you ensure that your mask covers both your nose and mouth, and thank you for your cooperation. Details for all our upcoming events and activities are on our church website, Facebook page, and our weekly emails happening at Unity and Peak at the Week. You can also always email or call the church office. And now, please join Reverend Tony for our opening prayer. Take a deep breath with me. Life, breath, joy, sunshine, rain. For all of this and so much more on this day and in every day, we give thanks. We give thanks with a grateful heart and an open mind and a joy-filled spirit. So we open this morning to the knowing that we are all connected, one in the flow that is the divine. We open our hearts to each other, to our community, to our world, and we, we affirm a peace, a compassion, and a joy in abundance that is our birthright, that is ours to hold, in that knowing, we say, thank you, God. Join me now. Thank you, God. Say it with me. Thank you, God. One more time. Thank you, God. And let us stand as we applaud the day and start with our music.
Indeed, 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 and welcome again to this amazing Sunday. It's so good to see you all here. It's good to see those, uh, well, to know that those who are coming in live streamed are there. We so welcome you, and we're so glad that you joined us, and we're glad that you are here in person today. This is an amazing community. It's an amazing a community. It is loving. It is sharing. It is inclusive in this, in this community. And we are always glad when we have folks who have discovered us in some way or another, uh, whether that was from a friend or on Facebook or a website or reading. And so I'd like to now welcome anyone who is, might be here for the first time. If you're new here or maybe you feel new, if you're new coming in from, from uh, live streaming, but if you're here and you're new, would you just... Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand because we have a gift for you. Ah, uh, yes. Yay, we have a, we have this welcome. Excellent, excellent. The rose is from the congregation in appreciation of you and also, very honestly, to help us recognize you when, when uh, you're out after the service so we can say hi. For those of you who are live streaming for us, there's, um, there's a contact card, and if you are new with us, here's a virtual rose. And uh, we'd ask you to both fill out the card. There's one in the packet, and there's one online. Fill out that card, and let us know who you are and how we might get in touch with you, because we do have a, another gift, a small gift we'd like to give you. We're welcome. We're glad you're here. Now... If you would like to have a visitor package, there is one in the garden court. And the garden court is that beautiful space right outside. Um, you can get that there. You know, this has been for me a, an amazing series. And it, it focuses us on who we are and what we're here about. Um, and one of the ways that we express that is in our core values. And I would ask you to join with me as we reaffirm our core values. They're in your order of service. And let us say those together. Together, we are loving, transforming, welcoming, spirit-filled, prosperous, and joyful. Let's do that again. And let's feel it in our bones, okay? All right? We are loving, transforming, welcoming, 
spirit-filled, prosperous, and joyful. Yes. And we have an, an affirmation, an affirmation that we are using this month um, as part of our series. And it is also in your order of service. And I invite you to affirm this with me. Together, joy is always present within me, regardless of the circumstances of my life. Amen. And now, Karen on East will read our daily word. We now move deeper into spirit with the reading of the daily word. As the usher brings down the prayer box, you are invited to mentally add the prayers and written requests to the box. After the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court where you may add your written requests. You may also submit an online prayer request via our website. Your prayers are then prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days, and then they are forwarded to Silent Unity, where they are prayed with for an additional 30 days. The word for today is very appropriately joy. We affirm a growing awareness of God's presence is my greatest joy. Awakening from a restful sleep, I give thanks for the new day and all the people who will be a part of it. Although I cannot know what will happen as this day unfolds, I remind myself that everything and everyone might lead me to a deeper awareness of God. This growing awareness is my greatest joy. Even if the day includes less than happy experiences, I will know that the quiet joy and comforting strength of this peaceful presence of God that is always with me. I will rejoice today in being alive, able to think, to feel, to appreciate the sights, sounds, and aromas that fill my environment. I will discover joy anew as I recognize each person I meet today as a unique expression of the wonder of God. And in Psalms 118.24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The word for today is joy. I can feel the mighty power 
Please join me in meditation. I invite you to just get comfortable. Take some deep and relaxing breaths. Feel your body and mind slowing and becoming still. If you haven't done so already, feel free to close your eyes to shut out the outer world. Feel yourself moving from your head to your heart. Breathing in joy, exhaling gratitude. Again, breathing in joy and exhaling gratitude. In your mind's eye, use the power of imagination to envision some of the people, places, and things that bring you joy. Take a few moments to picture some of those details. You may be seeing the face of a loved one. You may be sitting in your special place. You may be recalling a wonderful and joy-filled memory. Take a few moments and allow some of these details to become clearer and clearer. As you think about such, you may even feel your sense of joy growing and expanding. You may even feel a smile coming across your face. Allow yourself to let these feelings of joy gently consume you. Breathe in joy. Exhale gratitude. A reading from Cahil Gibran. Then a woman said, speak to us of joy and sorrow. And he answered, your joy is your sorrow unmasked. And the self-same well from which your laughter rises was oftentimes filled with your tears. And how else can it be? The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Is not the cup that holds your wine the very cup that was burned in the potter's oven? And not the lute that soothes your spirit the very wood that was hollowed with knives. When you are joyous, look deep into your heart and you shall find it is only that which has given you sorrow that has given you joy. When you are sorrowful, look again in your heart and you shall see that in truth you are weeping for that which has been your delight. Some of you say joy is greater than sorrow, and others say nay, sorrow is the greater. But I say unto you, they are inseparable. Together they come, and when one sits alone with you at your board, 
Remember the other is asleep upon your bed. Verily, you are suspended like scales between your sorrow and your joy. Only when you are empty are you at a standstill and balanced. We now take a few moments to simply rest. Rest in the stillness, in the quiet, in the silence. I invite you to gently return to this time and this place, bringing with you a deeper sense of appreciation for life itself and for past, present, and future opportunities to experience joy. And so it is. It's a quiet thing. It's a quiet thing. There are no exploding fireworks. Where's the roaring of the crowds? Maybe it's a strange new
It's a quiet thing, a very quiet Amazing, truly amazing. You guys are awesome, 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 awesome. Welcome. I've been looking forward to this series, this uh, 
not just the Sunday series, but the book study, um, the one that we are moving through each week. Because um, I think I've mentioned to several of you, I know I mentioned it in, my, in the discussion group on Wednesday, Desmond Tutu has been a, a hero of mine. And while I relate, can relate to the Dalai Lama, Archbishop Tutu has shown such an amazing resilience and such a leadership and such a joy. If you've ever watched him uh, on any videos, I, I, have, I would love to meet him. But he just exudes. He's, his laughter is a, I think it's described in the book as a cackle, a little loving cackle. Um, but he's an amazing, he's an amazing um, human being. He's an amazing human being. And so the, the study of his words and the reading and seeing how he relates to the Dalai Lama, who for me is such an ethereal human being. It just, and he also has his twinkle in his eye and he has a joy about him. But he is, he is that up here somewhere that, uh, and, and Desmond Tutu is just of the earth for me. And so there's this very different, very different approach um, that these two men have to this concept of joy. Last week, Reverend Pat introduced us to the book and to this idea of what is joy. And I love the stories that he told as he opened up on how quickly we can go from it's a great day and happiness and feeling good to just being down in the pit. And I don't know about you, but I've had a couple of those days every now and again. Um, and I found that to be, um, I, could, I could smile. I could smile with that, um, knowing that I'm not alone in that process. And at some level, you know, we know that. We know we're not alone in that. But it is nice to hear somebody stand up and say it. So to, to listen to him and to, to hear that issue of joy being one, our, our birthright. It is innate in us to be in joy, to be in that space. I also found it interesting to discuss and to talk about um, joy and happiness. And the more I get into this, the more I realize that for me personally, I have used those terms interchangeably. Joy and happiness. And yet, when you dig down, joy and happiness are not the same thing. I have a young woman, that I, a young girl, who, that I am serving as a mentor for. And we, we spent yesterday um, at the sculpture garden. I had not been there. What an amazing place that is. But anyway, we had gone to the sculpture garden. And so on the way home, I, I asked her. I was struggling a little bit. Um, I had, we were quiet, and I was uh, in the car, and, and, and my mind was racing. And I just I said, so... Um, What's joy? As a 14-year-old, she goes, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, so that was the first response. But then the more we got to talking, and so I asked her, I said, well, is joy different from happiness? Yeah. Well, where does joy come from? Well, when I'm drawing, I feel joy. Okay. I said, well, when do you feel happy? Well, when I'm reading a book, and I said, okay. So there's a little bit of difference there. I said, can you talk to me about where that comes from? She said, well, 
My drawing comes from inside me. And my reading is something someone is sharing with me. These kids are great, my friends. They are great. They get what we, it took me a long time to get. So we talked more about that. And I said, so what happens when you just find yourself in the funk? What gets you out of that? When you're feeling, one, what causes you to do that? She says, well, something bad happens. I said, okay, like, and she said, well, um, like I got a bad grade or like somebody hit the car. I said, yeah, those are things that'll do it. I said, so what happens, how do you get out of the funk? And she took a minute, that one took her a little bit. And then she said, I draw, I draw, I go inside. She didn't say, I go inside. But I'm sitting there going, and so you go inside to that which is in you that wants to be birthed. And you find that within you. I said, does reading help? And she said, yeah, sometimes, because I can see what they're saying in my mind. Once again, she's drawing on her own creative process to find a piece. So as we... <clears throat> step into this week and next week um, in, on Sundays and over the next three weeks in our book study, we're going to be talking about that which gets in the way of our joy. What are the obstacles? Now, I found it fascinating in the book that both the Dalai Lama, specifically the Dalai Lama, uh, especially the Dalai Lama, but both of uh, both he and Bishop Tutu are fascinated and interested and work with science to study the mind and the consciousness. And of course, with the Dalai Lama, it's about meditation. And what does that bring? Daniel Abrams, who wrote this, um, uh, documented this conversation between these two men, points out that he had a, a luncheon with, I believe his name is Richard Davidson, He's actually from the University of Wisconsin. He does work up there. Um, and he has done a lot of research on the happy brain. Okay, And he said that we come in with four brain circuits, independent brain circuits that are in all of us. The first one of those is it supports our ability to maintain a positive state of mind, a positive state. The second one is that it supports our ability to recover from negative states. These are two independent things. They do not, they're not dependent on each other. The third one is the, to support our ability to focus and to keep our mind from wandering. And the fourth one is to support our generosity. We have already, we came in hardwired to one, have an ability to stay in a positive state. We have the tools within us to help us get out of that positive state, out of that negative state when we get in it. Now, I don't know about you, but there have been days when that particular brain circuit wasn't firing very well for me. 
Getting out of the negative state took a lot more work than getting into it. But what I know is that I have that ability. I have that tool within me. And clearly, the third one of ability to focus and to keep our mind from wandering. One of the ones, and Reverend Pat began to talk about that last week, is meditation. Is meditation increases, strengthens, builds up that circuit, cleans it up and keeps it pure to help us to focus on right now, focus and let go of that which is no longer relevant. It keeps us from mind wandering. So that when I walk into a room and forget why I'm walking into the room, I realize I need to sit down and do a little more focusing. Because it's, it's within my power because I have the tool to build that focus. The other thing that was in there that I found fascinating was that there's an, another, an, I, think, I believe he's a uh, specialist in studies in the unconscious and he said, we, have, we come in with three goals as human beings. One to survive, one to reproduce, and one to cooperate. This has begun to emerge from the studies that are being done, that this is part of who we are. I remember the book, The Selfish Gene, way back when, and there was a whole long line of, it's just innate in human beings that we're just selfish people. Well, we're not at our core. Survive, recreate, reproduce, and cooperate. Now, there's a catch on that one. That hard wiring makes us want to cooperate with the, those who look like our caregivers. So no wonder our first inclination is to cooperate with those people who look like our caregivers. So then the question becomes, if that's what's getting in the way of our joy, how do we expand what our caregivers look like? How do we do that? How do we expand our awareness to say our caregivers look like this wide spectrum? Not this one. Now, what is all I have to do with obstacles to joy? There are eight, according to the Dalai Lama and Bishop Tutu, that they focus on. We're going to cover four today. We're going to talk a little bit about those four. And then Reverend Kevin's going to pick up and take the next. So what are those four? Well, first one is stress, <laughs> anxiety. Duh. Stress and anxiety. The second one then, you know, sometimes this happens and you just sort of go, shoot, I forgot the list. Wait a minute, what's that? Focus? Mind wandering? <laughs> okay. Stress and anxiety. Frustration and anger. The second one. The third one is sadness. And the fourth one is despair. 
Let's just look at those four. Stress, tension. Without stress, we would not as human beings be here. Neurological prenatal studies and neurological studies have shown that without a stress and opposition, stem cells do not differentiate themselves. Did you hear that? It requires some degree of stress for those stem cells to begin to differentiate into that which becomes us. And without that, we would not have been created. So stress in and of itself is, may not be the issue. Because stress also was the thing. Stress and anxiety were also the things. And we, I've, heard this, I've heard this so many times that I've sort of wanted to not use it today, but it's so irrelevant. It's so relevant. When we were, you know, emerging, if we didn't have stress and anxiety, we wouldn't be paying attention to when the woolly mammoth was coming around the corner. It had to be part of whom what we are. It is still a part. If I have a sense of, I don't know about you, but if I have a sense of, of anxiousness about a situation, I'm going to be a little more alert. There's something that I can feel that may not be quite right. Years ago, um, I took three months, packed my car, and headed west. Camped, did my other things in my own vision questing. Um, was going out of Chaco Canyon and heading south on this pretty desolate road. And there was a road that turned off, and I thought, I will just go that way, because that's how I did that. I just was, wherever I got up and went, that's where I went that, that period of time. And I started to turn down that road. And I just got this really funky feeling. It's like, mm, maybe not this time. Maybe not this time. And I started to ignore it. But then I remembered previously in New York City, when I was coming home at 9.30 at night on the subway from a friend's house. And I got to the subway station, and rule is you never get in the middle of the car in the middle of the night. You go to one end or the other. It's just how it works. But I'm thinking, Shh, not me. I'm in the middle. I'm just going to get on here. I'll be fine. That night, I got robbed on the subway, or as I got off the subway. Didn't get harmed. I didn't lose a whole lot that was overly important. But I learned that if my intuition tells me not to go to the middle of the train, go to the end of the train. So when I had that sensation driving in, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, I said, hmm, we'll just keep going straight. Now, I don't know what that was down there. I have no idea. Never heard. But I know that whatever... I was supposed to do was go straight. Stress and anxiety are part of us. What happens then? What's the issue? The issue is when we get stressed over things that really aren't an issue. Or we get so overloaded with things to worry about. 
And our society doesn't help us there. And what happens then is the stress and anxiety cause, and this came from um, Elisa Engel and Elizabeth Blackburn, and that this stress erodes the telomeres, the cap on our DNA. It erodes them. Those are the things that protect us from aging and illness. And over time, if we stay in a constant state of stress and anxiety, those caps are eroded and we lose that protection. So stress and tension can be something that takes away our joy because we get stuck in it. We don't exercise that one number one brain circuit, or number two brain circuit that helps us to move out of that. And how do we do that in unity? Yeah, and what's principle number three? You all get to come to the membership class, okay? Every one of you. <laughs> thought number three is thoughts held in mind. Pro produce after their kind. Now, I can't just immediately make the change. It's not a snap my fingers. But I can shift my perspective. I can begin to change the words that I use. Interesting one here is that the word stress... <clears throat> create stress, but studies have shown if we change the word from stress to challenge, our body reacts differently. A stressor will stress me. A challenge, my body has a different mode to it. And so if I can change my perspective and change my words when things are looking a little bit on the side and become challenged by it, then I'm motivated to do, to take action, to see it differently. Stress. Frustration and anger mm. comes out of fear, folks. Anger is just fear manifested. Frustration is when I have an expectation of something that I want it to go my way. Thank you very much. And it's not going my way. Thank you very much. And so then I have, I can go a couple of ways. I can just get defensive, and that is so often what we do. We get defensive because we want to protect what we thought was right. What we thought was the way to go. Well, what if it wasn't exactly? Because what if we didn't have all the information? What if we didn't know for sure? Or what if we're coming from a place that got stuck in us when we were two years old? And we've never really looked at it. Fear and frustration. The other part of frustration, which Reverend Pat talked about last week, is this idea of where are our priorities? Are we ha do we have our priorities in order? And when we don't and things aren't happening and there's so much going on, you just want to then just, 
I don't know about you, but there have been mornings when I just want to go back to bed, pull the covers over my head and say, never mind. And my joy is gone. <laughs> Until I take a deep breath and figure out what was going on and say, now, where, where can I find something that looks like something I can support? So frustration and anger can also be temporary. We can often walk through anger. If we can't, there's something deeper going on there. The third one is sadness. Loss of that which brings us joy. Um, loss of a loved one. Loss of a, of a loved pet. Loss of a, of a job. Loss of whatever. We can go into a place of sadness about that. And that's actually good. If you can't feel that sadness, it's a human emotion. And so often we want to say, mm, no, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to feel sad. I want to feel happy. Feeling sad allows us to recognize, it was beautifully said in Kaliyakabran in a way, is it, it, it's, it's the sorrow, the sadness, that helps to see how much we loved, how much we cared about, whatever that was. And then we have to question whether, in fact, that was worthy of our love, or are we being sad over something that's really not that big a deal? What's behind that? Hmm. The other thing that comes out of this, again, a science study that shows that anger and frustration can be gone in hours. Sadness, it can, be, when they were measuring it, and this is mild, can last for days. Some of us know that sadness can last for longer than that. But it's a powerful, also a powerful emotion because it allows us to focus on what's really happening. People who are in a, in a, in a state of sadness are much more sensitive to those around them. They see more clearly, in many cases, what is real in the moment. So sadness can be of benefit it can also help us remember because that which gave us sadness also gave us joy. Despair. I meant to bring my, Kevin, could you, Reverend Kevin, could you hand me my book? I'm sorry. I meant to bring that up. Thank you. Desmond Tutu tells a story about a man named Chris Haney. And Chris Haney was an activist in South Africa when they were really working to bring together um, the end of apartheid to uh, replace de Klerk and to form a new union there. He was active, they were getting close, and he was assassinated. He was assassinated. And Reverend Tutu talks about, Bishop Tutu talks about going into a pit of despair 
could we get through this? How are we going to make this happen? When he's gone and he cried and he cried, his wife held him. As he cried out the bitter despair. In the beginning of that chapter, these are the words that were used. When it was time to ask the question that people from around the world most wanted me to ask. A question not about joy, but about sorrow. and Not about theirs, but about others. People all over the world wanted to know how they could possibly live with joy in a world so filled with sorrow and suffering. A woman named Dawn, who sent in a question, asked it this way. The world is in such turmoil, war, starvation, terrorism, pollution, genocide. My heart hurts for these issues. How do I find joy in the midst of such large world problems? Have you found yourself asking those questions sometimes? I have. I have. And the archbishop answered it this way. You show your humanity. You show your humanity by how you see yourselves not as apart from others, but from your connection to others. I have frequently wept about the things such as the ones you have mentioned. And then he goes on to write beautifully about God as he sees it. God created us and said, go now, my child. You have freedom. And God has such an incredible reverence for the freedom that God would much rather we went freely to hell than compel us to come to heaven. I found that one an interesting one. And then he said, yes, we're capable of the most awful atrocities. We can, we can give a catalog. And God weeps until there are those who say, I do want to try to do something. It is good also to remember that we have a fantastic capacity for goodness. And then we look again. And he goes on to describe those who have helped. When this was written, Doctors Without Borders, in places where there was starvation, famine and hunger, the Ebola, we would say those who have stayed the course in the covid our, our first responders, our people who have cared. What can you do to help change that situation? You might not be able to do a great deal, but start where you are and do what you can where you are. And yes, be appalled. It would be awful if we looked on all of these all this horrendousness and said, ah, it doesn't really matter. It's so wonderful that we can be distressed that part of the greatness of who we are, that we are distressed about someone who is not family in any conventional way. And yet, we feel distressed equally. It's incredible just how compassionate and generous people can be. What these two gentlemen have told us is that we are human. Jesus was human and divine. He had within us, just like we have within ourselves, that divinity, the potential for one knowingness, and yet he was. He got angry. 
He wept in grief. He got frustrated with his apostles, called them idiots. That's a modern paraphrase. He, got, he was in despair. He, according to the story, sweated blood tears. You don't do that unless you're in great despair. And yet, he forgave, he fed, he healed, and he loved. So yes, there are obstacles to our joy. The biggest one of those is our perception, our mental thoughts, and how we respond to the events in our lives. And we forget we're human. My friends, we are all human, and we should be thankful for that. May your day be blessed. May your week be blessed, and may you find ways to do all that you can where you are. Shifts in perspective, shifts in words, and how we see the day. Blessings, joy-filled blessings. Seem crazy what I'm about to say. Sometimes he's here, you can take a break. I'm a hot air balloon that can go to space. With the air, like I don't care, baby, by the way. Because I'm
Indeed, 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 indeed. How you feeling? Happy? Yes. Joy-filled? It's so good to be here. What an amazing time we are in and a time for a time for joy and a time for recognizing our blessings and a time for being in that heart of gratitude. One of the things that brings us joy is knowing gratitude and being grateful. And so uh, I offer this time for each of us to be aware of the blessings that we have, of the blessing that this community is, and to return that blessing with an offering and a gift. For those of you who are um, coming to us via live stream, there are multiple ways online to give. For those of us here, there is consistent giving online. Um, there's also a QR code. It's on your, on your order of service. <clears throat> there's also uh, envelopes in the pew in front of you where you can use those. They're um, offering boxes. Um, as you leave the sanctuary and as you leave the building. And of course, a check always works too. Um, so I, I offer this time for us to, to take a deep breath and recognize with gratitude the amazing blessings that we have and, and offer to give back, to continue the cycle of blessing. And I ask you now to, to take in your hand, if you have your gift with you, Hold it in your hand. If not, see it. Use your gift of imaging and see that gift in your hands. And as you do so, bless it and know that it is part of an ever-giving ever life cycle. And let us say together the offertory blessing. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. And now again, in the plural for me. Divine love <clears throat> flowing through us, blesses and all that we, all that we give, all that we receive, and all that we are. Amen.
And so as we walk together in that garden, we do so in joy. We bless the gifts that have been given, the givers of those gifts. And we hold us all in joy, love, compassion, and abundance. And we say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you for that, Lori. My daddy used to sing me that song at night before we go to bed. Mm-hmm. Whoa. All right. <laughs> Let me get back here. Welcome, everyone. Um, first off, I want, to, I want to honor our prayer chaplains. You guys want to stand for us now? We have our prayer chaplains here today. They've come here early, and they stay in whole sacred space for us. Um, and you can feel that energy. Um, that they have held for us here and will continue to do so. They're available for prayer after the service. Um, if you are uh, online, there would I believe there is a number that you can call. There will be a prayer chaplain online. If not, check in here and, and one of our prayer chaplains will come back to you with prayer. So thank you all for, your, for the work that you do and for the prayer that you hold for us. Thank you. Um, I think I saw, I did see Cassidy Meeks come in the door. Cassidy and John, all right. Come on. Thank you to all of our volunteers and our youth and families who participate in our youth spiritual education classes. And today, we have a special announcement, so I'm going to turn it over to John, our volunteer coordinator. John. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Step in, John. Uh, what we want to do first off here is appreciate all the volunteers that are now volunteering for us. So if you're currently a volunteer at Unity Minneapolis, please raise your hand. Yo! <laughs> Woo! Wow. <laughs> Look around. And let's yes. give these, this group Woo. a hug. Let's give ourselves a hug, yes. <laughs> very Cassidy, good, very tell good. him to step up to the mic. Okay. Yes. Thank you, John. Um, so I have a question. Do you want to amplify your joy? Are you seeking a greater sense of belonging? Well, most of you are volunteering, so maybe not. But... <laughs> Do you want to go deeper in your spirituality? And if so, we invite you to discover where you can shine your light through service. And so after the service, come see us in the garden court. We have a few areas of volunteering that's a little shy right now, and we want to give you some information if you're interested in signing up for it. Thank you, John. And there will be fabulous prizes. So come see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a little joy. Woo. Thank you, guys. John, stay up with us. Stay up. Come on, John, stay up. Reverend Kevin, you want to come and join us? Just very quickly to remind you, there is an opportunity to, do, to shine your light in the, in the garden court. Also, um, spiritual economics, I think there is, they can register this week. 
Okay, and then after that, things, you know, things close down. So that's still available. It's a great class. Reverend Kevin's teaching that. And don't forget our Teaming Up for Teens, our October project, information in the Garden Court, and also our membership class. For those of you who could not tell me what Principle 3 is, <laughs> I expect to see you signed up for the membership class. <laughs> okay, all right, so never mind. So let's now um, say together our prayer for protection. Let's stand and say our prayer for protection, all right? All right, ready? The light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. And the presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is. I am divine and all is well. And now let us sing our peace song.
love needs is a chance, and maybe with a chance you 